You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels Nick Podcast, episode 278, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining us today, a full cast of characters. On the boards, we have Brendan Fry. Hello, hello, hello. We have, from the great far west of Canada, skiing his way to your heart, it's Brendan Quinn. Hi, everybody. Uh, Joining us from somewhere in Ontario, we have Jordan Biorti. Hello. And as always, we have the most incredible, most amazing Phil Brown. Yay, that's me. Happy New Year, everybody. Yay, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you all have a great holiday? I did. Uh, I yeah, mine was adequate. Of young people and was up till 4.45 in the a.m. You are too old for that, Brendan Quinn. I am definitely too old for that. <laughs> I felt it. How about you guys? What did you get up to? I had a lovely evening in with uh, my special partner, and we just, you know, we we did the 80-year-old New Year's where we just stayed in, and you know what, and I was perfectly fine with that. Well, that's, you're too young for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go to bed at like 9 o'clock, like I was done. <laughs> um, you're You're far too young for that. <laughs> Ugh, tell that to my hernia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're going to talk about your gout next, too, right? Maybe. <laughs> There's time. How about you, Phil? What'd you get up to? I got intoxicated. Oh, uh, well, wow. okay. That's all we need what to do. What a weird thing to do on New Year's. You're mm-hmm. such a rebel. I know. I'm out of control. Ugh. You are the worst. Guys, the I worst. can't keep up with any of you. It's too crazy. So, instead of talking about that... It's that time of year again, folks. We have to decide what the game of the year from 2017 was. And so, as you guys already know, uh, we have a tradition here at CG Magazine where we poll all of our writers um, there and figure out what the best games they all played this year. And we had quite a contentious list because, as everyone knows, it was a really great year for uh, gaming in 2017. Yeah, sure uh, so, without further ado, we're going to do it this way. All right, guys? We're going to just go down our personal games of the year, and in between, we'll we'll do our countdown and just sort of fill it in that way. Does that work with all of you? Works with me. Yeah. Yeah. And movies. Good. Don't forget movies. Oh, can't forget movies. Yeah, we'll, 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 yes, movies too. That's, that's after the break. All right. So let's get started with uh, Jordan. Jordan, what are your top five games of the year? Well, my top five, uh, I had a sudden switch in the end. So, I mean, well, I mean, to say oh, I had nice, a sudden switch. Nice Nice is uh is pretty is pretty adequate because a lot of it is just stuff that was but you know this year i was really limited to like gaming i kind of had to like pick and choose what i could get and most of it landed just like on stuff that was on the switch so kicking it off is the legend of zelda breath of the wild um so that's number five that's my number five all right uh, all right what's our what's our time frame like can i is there like are we are we going to explain it a little bit or just or just go down the list yeah go for it a little yeah bit. give a little bit of description yeah uh well you know what it's like the the thing about Zelda with me was that it's I I thought it was a very very problematic game but like the fact that it was such a radical shift in what Zelda has been for such a long time was like mm-hmm. 
so new and so innovative in a lot of ways that it deserved to be like one of the games of the year. And then uh, moving on to my number four spot would be Resident Evil 7. Um, again, like Resident Evil, I think arguably hasn't really been good in a very long time. Uh, so like seven kind of came out of nowhere, completely shook up the formula, changed a lot about what Resident Evil was, but also maintained a lot of like what made Resident Evil great. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, like returning it to a centralized location, making like, making the, the, the place you were in as much as an antagonist as like the villains who were chasing you. Um, and I thought that that was really great. Like it was a really great step in a right in the right direction for the Resident Evil franchise. So it deserved to be like up in that top spot as well. Like, um, so then next, keeping with the whole like horror franchise uh, or horror genre, was Friday the Thirteenth the game. Like weird to say because when it was released, it was like so broken and so unplayable that like. It, it almost feels like a faux pas to put it anywhere near a best of the year list. And even like now, it's still pretty bad. Like it's pretty spotty. But I think, you know, when it works, it really worked. And it was just kind of the thing that it was like, it was so, um, so well put together in like as, a, as an asymmetric multiplayer game. And it was so true to what Friday the 13th like was as a horror franchise that it just like, it deserved to be on the list as something that was just so like out there as an idea. Mm -hmm. And then my number two spot was sort of a last minute shift. These, these, the, my list is very in line with what I wrote, like, like back in December. Um, mm -hmm. But I made a last minute switch for my number two spot. And that was for enter the gungeon on the switch. Because I feel like Enter the Gungeon didn't get talked about enough last year, and the fact that it got re-released this year puts it as a contender in my eyes as a 2017 game. But right. it's more, I think, the fact that it's the platform that it's on. Uh, because like Enter the Gungeon is such a like such a good game. Like it's the controls are tight, it's difficult, it's like so uh, fun, and its art style is really cute, but like also kind of weird in a lot of ways. Like the way it plays with how many guns are actually in the game and like the whole gun motif, like literally everything is gun related. Like the enemies are bullets, like the type of bullets that like are there, like reflect the guns that they use. Um, but it's, it's, it's existence on the switch because even when I played it, uh, last year on like PC, I initially felt that this was a game that this like that should have been on a pl uh, portable platform. Like it's such a it's such a fun, fast paced, just get in, play a little bit, like get out kind of thing. So yeah. being released on the Switch, sorry, go ahead. Was, yeah, I was gonna say, and you've been a very big proponent of the portable aspect of uh, all these ports that are coming to Switch and making it a little more accessible and and kind of breathing new life into a lot of these ports yeah yeah absolutely so like that's what i mean like this was a game that really like really needed to like have that uh that portable treatment and i and it's it's one of the things i felt too like when i was playing like the binding of isaac on uh the 3ds and i'm like this game is like it translates so well to mm -hmm. portable platform like a game like enter the gungeon that's very like similar to that is sort of the same thing so it's like Having having this thing exist on the Switch is like kind of a, a game of the year thing for me, specifically on the Switch. 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my number one spot goes to Super Mario Odyssey. Because I mean, what like, a shocking turn of events. Uh, shut your mouth, Brendan. You just don't have any joy in your heart, and that's why you can't appreciate a game this good. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to have you two on the podcast again. You just don't love or love the idea of love. <laughs> and that's basically what Super Mario Odyssey is. It's like distilled love and joy and put into a video game like there wasn't a second that i was playing that game that i did not have like the biggest goofy smile on my face like everything about it is just so great it's so inventive yet it's so like um you know uh uh i guess in line with what uh like mario has been in like it 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 pays homage to like Mario sixty four, but in a lot of ways, to me, it feels like um like Mario Sunshine in that like you have these sort of these big levels that you go back to and like retread, but you have like a very like um specific uh like um mechanic for exploring those levels. Like in Sunshine, you had the the water gun, and in this you have Cappy, right? So it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like uh mario 64 to me in that way like it you know a lot of people have been saying like oh yeah it's like that because you have like these big centralized levels again um and then not only that just like like the art style like the 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 art style like how well each world looks and feels and no two worlds look or feel the same like the music was unbelievable um and just the amount of stuff that is in this game like just the the incentive that it gives you to keep playing it like like i i've been playing this game pretty much since it came out and when i went back and looked over like my like power moon list and saw like the hundreds of moons i had still yet to collect i was like are you kidding me <laughs> like i thought i was basically done and i'm nowhere close mm-hmm so it's just like it's it's just everything about it. Like it works on so many levels. It's easy to get into. It's difficult to master. It's approachable for anyone like who's like a newcomer to Mario, which sounds like weird to say it like in any context. But then like veteran players will get something like good out of this. Like like I've probably died more in this game than I've died in a Mario game that has come out in the past like ten years. Mm-hmm. Like there was actual challenge to it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, yeah, it's just it was it was one of the most well put together games of this year. Yeah, well, I know. Which Phil seems will... easy because it was Mario. Absolutely, and I know Phil will definitely back you up on that one. Oh yeah, I adored it. It was my pick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, yeah, there was nothing else that. I played as much and, and, and like still felt like I was discovering new things and still felt like it was still fresh and exciting. And at the same time, still felt like a game that I've been playing for 30 years. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it was, uh, it, it, it was just incredibly special. Like I, I <clears throat> always look forward to whatever the new Mario game is going to be on a system. Cause they generally do something interesting with it. And this uh, surpassed my expectations while the sum at the same time being like so simple that it couldn't have been anything else it's uh yeah it's incredible what they did yeah yeah Yeah. you know what you know what else i I liked a lot about it too was that like um it it felt to me like very modern nintendo in the kind of way that like you know when you go back and you kind of look at uh, uh like mario 64 or even mario sunshine like like there's a distinct lack of like 
pow blocks and like traditional mario style characters in that those games um but they're like this game is like full of them right you know you get you see, you see a lot of nintendo fans who get very like critical about that stuff it's like oh just it's goombas and koopas and all that stuff again but it's like it didn't feel cynical in that way like everything felt like it belonged properly in the world and even even the way that they found a way to integrate like classic retro 8-bit mario into the game like it didn't feel like it was a cynical like hey guys remember nostalgia like they actually integrated into the way that you explore these worlds and it felt very like like cohesive to everything that was like the game was about Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it it definitely made its mark this year like very much so it's topped so many game of the year lists uh that i've seen um and uh it it even made our top five, so that's that's yeah. gonna say something too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, like even for for even for any uh, Mario game to be the discussion of this sort of thing is is uh, is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. it yeah. Just speaks, it just speaks to every all the creativity they were able to put into something that mm. is still about you know a magical Italian stereotype prom- plumber who likes punching <laughs> turtles in the face. Yep, that's basically <laughs> the storyline. Ah. <laughs> uh represent the italians in the house right jordan oh yeah uh, it's a me it's a me <laughs> it's amazing that no one complains about that voice yeah it's, it's pretty bad it really is well, th- well did you see that the nintendo actually put out like a small it's very very marketing but it's like it's like i guess they got kids to write letters to to like mario himself and it's actually like charles martinet reading these like like answering these letters to kids and it's so funny because like it's it's like amazing how i guess how playful it is despite the fact that maybe like it it might cross a line somewhere but it's just like i don't know i enjoyed it yeah (laughs) they're worth a look it's great and that's what i was saying i'm like if they make this mario movie and they don't get charles martinet to actually give mario a voice i will be like sorely disappointed well, if you can find that, tell us, and we can put it in the description so our listeners can actually get a oh, chance yeah, to check that one out, too. That'd be great. All right. So let's start with our uh, CG Magazine countdown. So we're going to start with number five. And um, this one kind of, I don't know, Phil, you're going to disagree with me, but I feel like this one's kind of the wild card in the group. And it kind of surprised me when I saw it. But uh, our me fifth too, place. To be honest. Really? Okay, because oh, yeah. I know you had a lot to say about this one. But anyway, I in fifth place, we had South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Now, Woo-woo. Phil, yeah. since you reviewed this one, can you justify that? Like, how did yeah. this make our list this year? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, I think the South Park games are incredible. Um, I uh, I actually uh, replayed the the Stick of Truth over the holidays. Um, and, uh, that, that, and that game, I do think, is a genuine masterpiece. Uh, yeah. The Fractured Butthole is a little shaggier than that one. I just think, like, you know, there a lot of people try to make funny games, and there have been very funny games over the years, like, uh, you know, the Space Quest games or what mm. have you, but, or Sam and Max. But um, to actually have people like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who are legitimate comedic geniuses, take the time to put together a fully satisfying video game that is still as funny as any episode of their show beat for beat for 13 hours is just Mm -hmm. like incredible achievement um now i granted i like i think a lot of people kind of under underappreciate these games because they just assume that it's another you know tiresome crapped out licensed property and understandably so south park certainly made at least a dozen of those before they got to this point but the uh 
yeah, there's just an ingenuity and creativity to them that is unlike anything else. They're uh, as funny as watching as like binge watching a whole season of South Park, and they actually find ways to both uh, comment on the video game medium and on society. Like I feel like the 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 uh, stick of truth was more a video a video game parody and uh, had a lot of button pushing, just pure filth in it that um, is was incredibly uh, creative and wonderful filth. But felt so intense that, um, you know, that game got censored dramatically in other countries. So this one was a little more toned down, but this one had a lot of uh, really fun social satire, in particular, the way that you got to pick your uh, character's uh, racial, sexual, uh, racial and sexual identity. Um, They've like just played into all sorts of uh, jokes about identity politics that were very timely and prescient in a way that you don't normally get from like, you know, a selection on a menu screen in a game. So I, I think that, yeah, they, I, I think that they're very fun. They're very clever. They're very self-aware. Um, and uh, yeah, there's nothing else like them. And until you know, comedy writers of their caliber want to actually take the time to write an entire video game. I don't think there will be anything else that compete with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's hear from Brendan. Fry, what are your top five games this year? Well, I kind of stuck with what I wrote in my original article. I didn't change like Jordan did over here. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I'm say. I'm a maverick. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. You're a wild I just player. I thought about it and you know, it's just like I, I really wrestled with number two, man. There was like five games I was thinking about putting on this list that I just I couldn't grapple with it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's start with uh one that everyone that listens to this podcast will know that I'm find a way to nominate it every single year. <laughs> we have uh, Diablo 3 uh, Rise of the Necromancer, the expansion, if you will, of the classic okay. Diablo 3. I put this on my list too, Brendan, but I think this is a cheat. No, it's it's totally a new thing released today. It's not a new re- game. It, it, it has an expansion. We're going with an expansion here. All right, all right. Uh, it adds in what everyone's been clamoring for since uh, the Diablo 3 launched, the Necromancer class that people loved from Diablo 2. Absolutely. Yeah. It was my favorite class from Diablo 2, and I was surprised when it, it wasn't, wasn't in Diablo 3. Launched, and I was like, yeah. the Witch Doctor's close, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, no, I think... And then when they did release it, they put a lot of time into making sure it did work the way they wanted it to. So it feels like it did on Diablo 2, even though it plays totally different. It's a weird way Blizzard has managed that. And Quinn, you've played it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played the crap out of it, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think the, the way they've constantly supported Diablo 3 since it launched, there's been so many free updates, so many seasonal events. Yeah, and there's a special event that just ha- launched on the first, too. Yeah, they, they are d- redoing their um, uh, the Darkening of Tristram event. Mm-hmm. It will be going all January that allows uh, people to jump in and play basically Diablo 1 within Diablo 3. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I think overall they've made this game... They've continued supporting this game in a way that makes it worth re-looking at. And the fact they've made a new expansion that gives a full new class, full voice acting, full storyline into the game for, what was it, 20 bucks? I think it's a good it's good yeah. investment and actually gives a lot to the game that has been going for, was it a five years strong now? Yeah. Yeah, it's been going on for quite some time. Yeah, I was then, playing it on PS3 and I'm still playing it on PS4, so that's exactly. a lot. Uh, then we have, uh, my next choice is Prey, which 
we didn't love review wise, but I don't. I I think it got an unfair shake there. I mean, we've I've mentioned this before. I love the way Prey has taken the franchise that was a bit hokey back when it first launched, and they made something a little bit more solid, more like a modern shooter experience. They had a lot of crafting mechanics in there. They made the visuals are stunning, and the team at Arcane did a really good job at reviving a franchise that let's be let's be honest here was kind of dead. Yeah. See, I think it it revived two franchises, in my opinion. Um, Oh, really? More, it's on my list as well because, man, it's the System Shock Two sequel I've wanted for years. That Bioshock wasn't great game in its own right, but Bioshock was not System Shock. No, different game, different kind of experience. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. And then we have uh, Persona Five, which I'm sure ended up on lots of people's best of the game years list. There's like. There's no reason for it not to. Exactly. An amazing game for this. And I am not even a fan of the Persona series. I'm going to be, I'm, there's, there's my hot take, but it's just, it's just, uh, this one really sucked me in. I don't even know why there was yeah. just something about it, but. Uh, and I love the way they kind of, the, the, the music they have, the storyline they have, they tell, and the way it all flows together makes it an experience that it, it's kind of hard not to love. And the way they, the kind of the animation they have, and the way it all functions makes it an experience that if you like RPGs, you like social sims, you like just dungeon crawlers, it all has that in there. And it mixes it together in new and exciting ways that I think the Sony series has done that a lot in the past, but Persona 5 really kind of solidifies that in a solid experience. Mm-hmm. And then for my game of the year... No, no, I have one more. I have two more. Two more. You have two more? I, I mix I one up. Uh... Yeah, I'm not going to skip it, Quinn. Not going to skip that. <laughs> he got so excited to race to the top, but... Um, uh, so let's go with Resident Evil 7. Uh, uh... Okay, you're getting confused because everyone's writing on I know. <laughs> we should not be have given... Like, we should have not been given this power, I know. Okay, okay, so I feel like this is the first time anyone's been introduced to Google Docs before because I was writing at the same time Jordan was today, and Jordan messaged me, freaking out, I can see you type! <laughs> well, I use Google Docs, like, pr- pretty much to write, like, everything, and I had no idea that you could do that, so just, like, while I was, like, I thought, like, I was in my own separate version of the doc, and, like, it would update once I was done, but then, like, I scrolled down a little bit to fill in my movies, and I just see, like, all these words just start appearing on the screen, and I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? It's, it's so like, oh. tempting not to mess with people with that. Like, yeah. I really have to rein it in. <laughs> but... But anyway, as, back to you, as Jordan mentioned, Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil is back, and it's better than ever. Uh, I was really disappointed in the recent years of Resident Evil. They kind of went down this action road that made it feel more like, oh, I don't know. It was know. trying to be too many different things yeah, for exactly. every single audience. And Resident Evil 6 kind of went the extreme of that, where every different chapter was a different style of game. Yeah, some I didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. Some of it was just straight-up monster movie stuff. I think... With Resident Evil 7, they went back to their roots. They went back to this horror element. It, it felt more like a ghost story in a way, but also had that puzzle solving and the typical umbrella sort of situation that we all know and love from the Resident Evil series. But they brought it in a way that made it feel new, made it feel unique, and made it feel fresh, which is something I did not expect from the seventh installment of any series. 
Oh no! Like when it started off, almost like like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. I was like, "This is what needed to happen for this game." Exactly. Like, I think, to I think get away did. a little bit from like, I guess like the the more like like zombified mm. like kind of supernatural element. That's why, like for me, I was a little disappointed when those like bio mutant monsters showed up. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, that was like it, it made the game just like hokey enough that it it was like it paid homage to where Resident Evil came from because Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil was like scary but it was never hyper serious about itself yeah, so I feel exactly. like it it, it it meshed perfectly with that sort of like that sort of style yeah, I, agree. I, I felt like they had to bring in the old monsters like I agree it was disappointing but they it just it, at a certain point it had to turn into a Resident Evil game I just like the way that yeah. they took um bits and pieces from the like r- the best horror uh, survival horror games the last few years and found a way oh, to absolutely. use them in their new mode because there was a lot of everyone talks about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I get why people say that but it felt to me like most of that stuff was from uh, Outlast or Night Oh yeah else. very much yeah. so yeah. yeah 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 okay and my final game for my game of the year which this list is, doesn't really go in any specific order I think they all kind of have a reason why they could be game of the year but let's go with Cuphead. I thought the whole point of this podcast was for you to pick a game of the year. No, Brendan. I have five. You will accept it. You have five games. Okay. Yes. All right. Also, we have the, our, our official selections. That's the actual game of the year for the magazine. This is my personal five best games. Uh, we have Cuphead, made by a little studio in Toronto, hand done in one of the hardest platformers in the recent years. It is a masterpiece of game design and a masterpiece of I, I know, know Jordan hates it because he's hates everything fun. No, but what can you do? No, ah, <laughs> the table's Here's, turned, Beardy. This is this is the thing. This is one of the games I wrestled with actually putting on the list because I really really did like Cuphead, but okay. I kind of felt like something was missing from it, and I part of me feels like uh, a little bit too much went into making the game look as like incredible as it does and it's just and like like my god does that game have like one of oh, the yeah. best like artistic styles of, of any game in probably the, the the past couple of like or past decade um but it's just it was just the way that the game felt so like fragmented to me like like i went into it thinking it was actually going to be like contra like it would be like level boss level boss and like the fact that it was more like here's a couple boss fights and uh you know one or two linear levels peppered in for good measure like it felt Mm -hmm. like like because of its art direction and because of how much time and effort had to go into that something was lost on the game design side and not to say that the game like isn't really well designed and well like like it it's tight as hell like it it plays it's really fun like it's even better with with uh two players it just i don't know it felt like it felt kind of just like broken to me in that sense and that's why i was kind of like maybe you know you mean more just like disjointed because of how boss heavy the whole thing is well yeah but it's i don't mind that it was boss heavy but it's just like it it didn't like it it needed to have a clear direction like if it wanted to just be like boss fight after boss fight uh you know then that's fine but like the fact that like they, they threw in a couple linear levels for the sake of it it like you know, like the people who are comparing it to Dark Souls, it, I I kind of felt like saying, well, you know, even Dark Souls remembered to have like levels leading up to the boss fights. So you would have preferred, okay? So originally, when they came out with the game, um, they wanted it to be exclusively boss levels, and then they were finding that there through a lot of feedback that people were really missing the level play, and that's how they ended it in. But 
you're saying the way it's implemented right now, you would have preferred it to be just a boss level. Yeah, because if it had one clear direction, then that would have been great. Because it kind of just, it almost just feels like, like, I guess maybe sloppy is a little harsh, but it just almost feels like unnecessary. Like, like the linear levels are there for the sake of being there. It's like, if. I th yeah, if I think you're saying they're, they're tacked on. Yeah, because the whole thing has an overworld map, so it's not necessary for there to be linear levels in it. Like, if the linear levels led to the boss fights, perfect. But if you want to just have a map screen with boss fights, and then you can earn power-ups and whatever you get from the boss fights, fine. Just do it like that. Yeah, Jordan's right. There's never been a side-scrolling game with an overhead map in between levels. Yeah. I'm saying it's unnecessary, Philip. <laughs> Especially now there's only like three in a in a game that's like ninety percent boss fight. Right, right. Um I I feel it works as it is, but I can see what you're saying, Jordan. But and, I, and, I think, and, and don't I get think... me wrong, like I understand a hundred and I wouldn't like disagree with, with Cuphead being one of a like like one of the games of the year. I just personally like in in for me, it was like, I don't know. I feel like if it had a more clear direction, it would have made my list too. Yeah, I, I feel like there are plenty of things to complain about in Cuphead, but the aesthetic of it is so remarkable. Oh, yeah. oh like, my god! Like it's it's a it feels like a milestone, and hopefully Without something, question. and ho and hopefully not the last of its kind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really, it's like a I'm, starting point for something like that. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. But they've definitely opened the gates for you know a similar style with more like deeper mechanics. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I I mean, I'd like to see what they now that they've had the experience doing this because I believe this was their. This is game, the first game as the team that yeah. they were i know it's not the first game for some of the people that are on the team but I, for as the team as they were coming up with the game and the style they have now that they have this under the belt now that they know what it takes to go in i really want to see what's going to come from this studio yeah, with this maturity that they built from this release oh, oh yeah that. for sure but i can tell you what's going to come from the studios is cuphead 2 hey man <laughs> they've already got all that when you're when you're doing animation, what's that called? Does the they've got the not no the animation. cells? It's called the, the I don't know. frames. Talking melody frames. The frames, the yeah. art. They've already got oh, that already done, ready to go. Sells. I mean, oh, yeah. it'd be fast. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think faster. But I, I think it's a neat it's a neat way to do game design to have hand drawn. I mean, you have studios like the people that did Sundered and Joan Tune that did a lot of hand drawn stuff for that yeah. stuff as well. But you can see the fluidity within Cuphead that you don't see in yeah, Sundered it, and things like that. Yeah, it's beautiful, it, and it's honestly surprised me that it took this long because, I mean, hand-drawn spirit animation has been going on since, like, Super Nintendo and arcade games. It's just no one actually yeah. took the time to do it as with the fluidity of, uh, you know, animated films, which, quite frankly, the, the type of an animated films that they're, they're from the 30s that they're aping, like, even current animated movies don't do that level of fluidity because it's so oh, time-consuming. So, like, so there's so many frames of animation that yeah. in modern films you just don't do. Yeah. It's just, cra yeah, it's crazy. So I'm, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm amazed it took this long, but I'm glad that when it finally happened, it was done by people who clearly cared this much and could replicate it so perfectly. So exactly. I, I, I hope so. I, I hope it's the beginning of more, but at the same time, like oh, there's not much hand-drawn hand animation in general, just because it's so time consuming and costly to do. It was one oh, yeah. thing when, you know, they could ship everything out to slave animators in Korea but they don't really all that anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, Brendan. That's a list. That's my list. That's a good list. I like that list. I'm happy I like with that, that list. list. I like that list. Um, it's, a, it's a good collection of, 
These are very Brendan games. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with the list. There. These are very Brendan games. All right, that. guys, I'm, we're up to. Uh, and I'm just. Tonight. I just want to say really quickly how pleased I am that we finally got a chance to talk about Diablo on Game of the Year. I know. You know I know. We never talk about it. <laughs> I'm so, so happy about that. Just for you, Phil, we did it today. Thank yeah, you. No, we never talk about Diablo on Game of the Year. In this. <laughs> never. All right, guys. CG Mag's fourth place uh, pick for games is. Are you ready? It's hyped up. It's really big. Uh, oh yeah, I'm hyped. Premier. Are you hyped? I'm hyped. I mean, we all know what it is. So yeah, we, we're I'm looking at a list right now. In front of has the answer. Uh, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh. Actually, I think this is a good choice. Yeah. A solid choice. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I think actually, it's a solid choice. I think, you know what? I, it wasn't even on the original list, but having a discussion in our channels with the rest with some of the writers yesterday it was just sort of the, something that just popped up and everyone kind of went oh yes that has to be on the list well to be fair it came out early in the year so a lot of people f- kind of forgot about yeah. it this time yeah it's a hard then... thing to forget it's just i know it's so beautiful for one it's it's actually got a very well-developed story there's i still have some problems with the game itself, yeah, yeah but they're like they're so minor it doesn't take away from any of it it's the one of the first shooters i've actually sat down and really enjoyed so um <sighs> Who, I can't. I can't get on board with it, guys. I gotta be honest. It's it's okay. It's, it's a it's a it's a clear breath of the wild ripoff. It <laughs> capitalized on the success of that game. Except I don't think it works though. It came out first. Retro- well, but Nintendo announced it, and they had demos, and they probably had some like guys. They're like, "Hey guys, copy that. Let's get that. Let's you, do that you first. Do realize- yeah. Oh my gosh! Because it's the first open world game ever. Yeah, with absolutely. with a no, bow and arrow um, shooting and hiding in the grass. And honestly, one of the like I, I liked the game. I thought it was good. But Jordan, you bring up a good point. The thing that I found most flawed about her was that it is not enough zelda <laughs> too much zelda too <laughs> much zelda. no it it took a whole bunch of elements from other games and put yeah. them together it felt yeah. like a little bit uncharted a little bit the witcher um like it was yeah, but... I, I liked it but it yeah yeah but, but see, like when you have good gameplay styles hey 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 okay hey hey here's what i was gonna say see the, now that for me is not necessarily a bad thing quinn because It's just, I mean, I don't mind every once in a while picking up a game that has all the elements I'd want to play in other games, just for a short stint. You're already familiar with it. You what? You're already familiar with it, like, before you've played it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, like I get where you're, I get where you're coming from. I don't really like you're, you're right. I don't really see anything new and exciting about the game. Like every, there's just so many different things, but the fact that it's there all in one place Mm -hmm. in a really pretty, like presentation. Yeah. I mean, the team, the team at Guerrilla Games knows how to make pretty games. They did, um, the, the, um, what are the Killzone. Uh, Killzone series? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I was going to say Killzone Two the, is still uh, one of my favorite PS3 games of all time. Like I, which one? I love that game to death. Killzone Two, like the one That's, that had the, that the one's infamous good. E3 that one is trailer. Good. Yeah, I know Shadowfall wasn't very good, and Killzone One nobody even really remembers existing. I loved the end of Killzone Two where. You're like, okay, we can end this war. Nope, we're gonna kill this guy. Okay, that's it's gonna go badly. <laughs> this is gonna go badly. Yeah, sorry, uh, Jordan. Before you interrupted me, what were you going to say? Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, like realistic, like all things considered. Um, well, number one, like, like if you have gameplay elements that work, then like kind of like taking them and applying them to something new, uh, I, I don't think is like a really like a bad thing. Like, like I don't, I wouldn't knock Darksiders for like basically being Zelda and God of War at the same time. Like, 
it, those are two mm-hmm. gameplay styles that work and, yeah, you know, yeah. and they're fun so it's like you know you don't you don't really like you don't really i guess knock it for uh for being derivative i guess but yeah. uh to, to sort of close it off it's uh just like you know contrary to my prior remarks i am pretty like regretful that i missed uh uh, horizon it was one of the games i slept on and i still haven't got a chance to try it so i am like eager like once i get uh once i get some more time and resources like i mm-hmm. i hope to, I, i'm hoping to pick like if if because i'm sure they'll put it like a like a game of the year edition with all the dlc like in a bit so oh, sure. once yeah, once that happens i'm definitely gonna like take like take some time to actually play horizon that's yeah. fair that's that's a good point that's a good def- get into it it's great i'm glad i did <laughs> Moving right along, Phil, what are your top Yay. five games of the year? Yay, Phil! Let's you, Phil. Played, you played some games. What do you I think? I sure did. I sure did. So my fifth one is, by most metrics, not a particularly amazing game. But I Come went on. for yeah, entirely this... selfish choice and picked Sonic Mania, simply because... It was a good game. It was, it, was game. it was really good. It was an incredibly fun it's game. It's better than Sonic Forces. It was an incredibly fun game. Well, that's what everything's better than Sonic Forces. It's literally the Sonic game I've been waiting for for 20 years. This is all I wanted them to do. They did it. I enjoyed it. I was frustrated by it. I had a great time, and I can now move on with my life. And I can't thank Sega enough for that. That really means a lot to me. Um, I did. I did not play Sonic Forces. I got this Sonic game. This is it. I'm done now. I don't yeah. need to do it. Yeah, do another one. Sonic now. That's it. I'll play it. I'm more than happy to. If another, if if they somehow finally find a way to make a decent 3D Sonic game, I'll give it a shot. But this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, it's possible. But I've been waiting for a long time for this. It did everything I needed, and I feel I feel content and complete. So how could that not be on the list? Uh, So that was five. Number four. I'm surprised. I'm actually the only person that has this on my list of the contributors of this podcast, even though. You know, well, we'll see why that's weird in a few minutes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny how you put that there. And I'm kind of like, so how did this? Okay, anyway, go on. (laughs) So anyway, I guess a lot of, of, I guess, yeah, a lot of the voters um, that that aren't here did did a lot of voting. But anywho, the point is, um, I put uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which, um, you know, is a pretty, uh, you know, has been been cleaning up a lot of these awards. And it's very easy to see why it was... um, it was an extraordinary Zelda game. It did a lot of uh, it did a lot of the things that Jordan and I were talking about. Uh, Mario Odyssey did with Mario, but with Zelda, which also meant that it was a bit more serious, which I think allowed more people to take it more seriously when it came around for award time, um, which I totally understand. Um, but it's really beautifully put together, and it it really it it it's got to be one of the best launch titles for any console, and really mm-hmm. put the Switch oh, off absolutely to a very very good start. And um, oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, and, and I, uh, yeah, I just think, um, you know, I, uh, I I kind of felt like after the last one, I, 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 I had sort of outgrown Zelda and wouldn't be particularly interested in more Zelda games beyond the nostalgia factor, a la Sonic Mania. But uh, this one really did uh, tickle my fancy in a variety of ways, and I think they did something very special with it. So I threw it on the old list. Uh, number three was Resident Evil uh, 7 Biohazard, which we just talked about in detail and um, just is yeah uh, one of the best uh, survival horror games of this current generation, uh, mostly because it takes a lot of its best bits from all the other best uh, survival horror genres of this uh, survival horror games of this generation. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, someday I will try it in VR. 
but I'm I just need to get uh, uh, more pants. I don't uh, think it's I don't think it's necessary just because it really it really wasn't like hyper reliant on like jump scare mechanics that would be like lending themselves to VR. Like it really was the more like immersive experience of B. It's, I mean maybe that's what the part of VR is. It's actually maybe actually feeling like you're in the mansion, but. I don't know. I don't think it's necessary. I've heard, though, like, I didn't play it in VR, but everybody, when they're talking about, like, best VR games of the year, this seems to be, like, the clear-cut winner. Yeah, Yeah, I I think it's the the one that won Best VR at the Game Awards, I believe. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, there's no, like, for sure, you don't have to play it in VR. I mean, we all did, uh, I, I, almost all of us played it without VR and and it's still made Yeah, I played it on just, like, regular television. There you go. But, I mean, I just think the way it was designed, like, if ever there was a game to take advantage of like what VR can do versus what a TV could do, I would say this is probably up there. So, um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is very scary, very good. Um, So it made my list. Uh, And number two was South Park, the fractured butthole, which we talked about as well, which I was shocked made the general vote, but I'm thrilled about that. So I thought that was (laughs) you who voted for it. Yeah, I mean, I did obviously. But, uh, <laughs> I, love- but I, I, I was just surprised that it made it through. But that's totally cool with me. I think these are, uh, I think these are great games. I also like, you know, I, 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 I like didn't think this game would exist. I really thought they were going to stick a truth and then be so exhausted they never do another one. I'm thrilled they did another one. I really doubt they'll do a third one. So I'm just glad that we're honoring and recognizing the train Matt did something really really special with the video game format um and uh yeah and also it's just friggin hilarious and I can't wait for the I, uh it's one of the very few titles where I'm actually excited for DLC because it's like getting new episodes of South Park I kind of love the fact that you didn't call it the fractured butthole like you I've been actually just thinking said that the entire time <laughs> every time he says it I'm yeah, just like I know what they were going for and the way he says it. Like, yeah. yeah he just, he's got no qualms about it. He just says no, it. Just fully they, called it the fractured, they called it the fractured butthole. Like it wasn't they're not hiding anything. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple. Uh, they were going for but anyway, great stuff. And then, uh, and then finally, my number one, my game of the year was Mario Odyssey which again, uh, we touched on before and I just think is Oh, we know, could talk about it for yeah, 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 I'm we, sure you. Can, I'm sure you have more you can say. You could, but I just think it's just a really uh, beautiful accomplishment, and the fact that they cr- could uh, deliver a game that 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 is that uh, deep and beautifully made that's still about mm. uh, the original video game ma- mascot, I think, is uh, something special. And so uh, what, what was it. your favorite kingdom? In Dundonk City, obviously. What but, was your What was your favorite kingdom? Dundonk City. Hello? I think Phil? we may have. Phil, no, are you here. there? Can you guys okay. hear me? No, try that again. He got so he got so like caught up in the question that he just left. No, I answered it. I, I did answer twice. Uh, no, I think we're still but, having some. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear you, buddy. Oh, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I think you, we're still you, having some technical difficulties. You guys are cutting in and out. I've noticed. Okay. okay, so let's just clap and take it from Jordan's question. So, what was your favorite game? No, favorite kingdom. Whatever. My favorite kingdom is New Donk City. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> seem to agree that New Donk City was the best. I didn't really like I wasn't crazy about it at <laughs> first. Sorry guys, we gotta do it one more time. That is gonna be the best <laughs> transition ever. <laughs> okay, try it again. Ready? Set. Uh New Donk City. Yeah, there see a lot go. of people 
really crazy about New Donk City. And I, at first, I didn't really understand why. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't a big fan of it at first. It wasn't until I really started exploring it a lot more that I started to see, like, why it's so appealing. Like, it really is a testament to just, like, level design. Like, there is just so much to it. Yeah, but if uh, I had yeah. to choose like a clear, clear favorite, like mine was uh, was um, the Luncheon Kingdom. Like, I loved everything about that. I think being a, a, a fireball was like my probably my favorite transformation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the music there was just so awesome. Like my favorite score of the entire game, with maybe with the exception of uh, of like the First Kingdom, um, and just the color palette. Like everything about it was amazing. That's great. I can see that. Yeah. Very minimalist design, but like you know, oh, it's just so well done. God damn, <laughs> made me hungry though. I gotta say, okay. that's weird because it, it was that was not real food. Yeah, but you know, there was like a big pot of stew and a giant uh, piece of meat. How did that not make you hungry? Like because when you watch the Ninja Turtles cartoon and they're eating that pizza that looks so all gooey and delicious. And, oh, oh yeah, just. No but would you really want to eat it. that pizza in real life? Because look at how stiff that crust is. <laughs> and if you actually go back and watch uh, Ninja Turtles episodes, they ordered some of the most disgusting pizzas like oh, in the like history of pizza. Like sardines. Super, super limp. Yeah, <laughs> like peanut butter and you know anchovies. It's just the worst. Hey, anchovies are good on pizza. Yeah, but not when you pair it with a peanut butter. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're going to take a break for here, and we'll get back with uh, our the rest of our nominations, and we're going to hear from Brendan, and then we're going to hear from me. So uh, we'll just hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Pass. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. Thank you, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. Uh, so, are you guys ready for our third place? Oh, you betcha. Our third place winner no. uh, of the game of the year is Near Automata. <laughs> yeah, so I've been super excited about this game since uh, its announcement at E3 2015 um, when it announced it's just a Near project. And uh, I, I've been, I played the original game, and it's, it's up one of my favorite games of all time uh even though it received a very lukewarm reception because of the gameplay mechanic it wasn't really it was a little bit uh too ambiguous in its gameplay uh what kind of game was it because i never played the original near and i kind of wanted to i, heard I feel even automata it. seems to be straddling like three different genres well that's the whole thing okay so the original near was uh a very jrpg in its uh 
presentation, except um, it was uh, the gameplay itself was a little bit uh, dated for the time, I think, is what most of the complaints were. It was is very mm-hmm. it was still in a turn based kind of uh, mechanic to it, which felt a little bit stodgy for what you were actually trying to do with it. And there was a little bit, uh, what's the word, bulky and and uh, oh, bloated in the way that you were doing all your attacks. But anyway, the game itself uh, is, you know, a very bleak, dark story of uh, uh, just a world kind of at the end of its run. Um, it had extremely beautiful, uh, uh, like, uh, imagery to it and uh backgrounds and artwork and the music the score was incredible and it was just one of the darkest games i've ever i've played because it just it starts with a bleak story and then just gets darker and darker until the end you're just basically a puddle of like mass emotions so it, it was just it was just one of the most underrated games and i think more people should have played it than you know they may have because of mm-hmm. of various critiques that happened to it so uh when Platinum Games took over Near Automata, uh, they fixed took over on Near Automata. They fixed up a lot of the gameplay, so it became a little more uh, action RPG than the original Near uh, ended up being, and uh, it, it it mixed a whole bunch of genres. Like it mixed mm. the JRPG element and uh, a little bit of bullet hell, uh, a little bit of like o- open worldsness, even though it was still very linear in its gameplay because it's just the way it's supposed to be. Um, and it allowed you to play multiple characters within the game as well. Mm-hmm. And they're all very likable. And again, because a lot of the same team was still on the, from the original near, we're still on it. Like this beautiful artwork, uh, for this, like the game, the character designs are just really awesome. And, um, the score uh, was again by the same composer and, uh, he absolutely lived up to the president that he set for himself. Mm-hmm. So it's, definitely one of the most awesome games that's coming come out of 2017 but i highly recommend i couldn't recommend it more to anybody else to try it no it looked it looked really good i'm a little upset that i slept on it but i slept on a lot of games this uh, well man it was hard this year there was so much that was coming out like you kind of had to pick and choose what games you wanted to focus on uh because yeah man 2017 kicked ass for for games like just a slew of amazing titles start to finish. So I really love the way you just said 2017 right there. I want this year to always be known as 2017. 2017. 2017. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, with that, Brendan, why don't you tell us your uh, top five games of 2017? All right. Well, my top five games of 2017. Uh, well, let's start with my first one. So. Prey didn't get the best reception from a lot of uh, reviewers. I mean, um, even our own Elias Blondo uh, wasn't super kind to it, whereas I felt it was the spiritual sequel to System Shock 2, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite games of all time. I'm like, I love Bioshock, don't get me wrong, but I love it for different reasons, and I love System Shock. Uh, Prey did that. It put you on a creepy space station full of monsters. It gave you a bunch of different options for like build variety, which is like, I, I love, you know, tinkering, um, some good crafting, lots of gore, uh, the 3d elements when you were floating around in space, like hunting corpses, I thought it was really well done. 
And uh, yeah, it just it reminded me a lot of System Shock 2 in, in all the best ways. Um, and I liked it more than I liked the original Prey, which was like Portal before Portal happened. I was just about to ask if you played oh, yeah, the original Prey because that, that was kind of the thing that kept me like really disinterested in the Prey reboot. Well, I think it was for a lot of people because like, like, the mm. original game was just kind of a run-of-the-mill first person it was shooter. really balls to the wall like it had this like crazy very like um um i'm trying to think i don't want to say uh, uh it's like like what's uh who is uh what was the inspiration oh, for uh, i know you're Alien? thinking that really organic kind of uh hr yeah, geiger was like a sort flesh- of look geiger-esque yeah. yeah it was like really flesh ship that had this like weird aliens i loved the uh like the inclusion of the the sort of the weird like native american spiritualism I, I that was know. going on yeah. Jordan, just... I, I think you're remembering it much more fondly than the actual product is i went back and i went back and played really? that oh five, fighting five guys on the ago, walls the gravity stuff, the, shifting. Kind of the cool gravity mechanic is neat but it also overdoes it the spiritual mechanic is again neat but it's just kind of this you just never die you just go to those weird shadow world then you just come back. yeah that's and then you yeah, come yeah. Back. there was no consequence well, that's all that's intrinsic not the really narrative. the narrative it, it yeah, doesn't can... actually it isn't really rooted in any actual native american spiritualism it's more of just they kind of read a cool snows on what native american spiritualism is and kind of crammed that in the game as a kind of a mechanic it wasn't they wanted to. They wanted to test the water to see if Turok was still relevant, and apparently, I would take Turok over the original <laughs> Prey. But yeah, Prey the reboot uh, by the lovely team at Arcane. I, I dug. I thought it was radical and very very underrated yeah, this year. It, I honestly, I think this is my favorite soundtrack of the year. I I just can't stop listening to it. I. Oh, soundtrack was amazing Good. too, and that opening cinematic. I think we talked we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like that, just that the way that they had the the way the music fit that opening c- cinematic, just the whole tone of the whole game. So mm-hmm. yeah, good choice. Cool. I don't know, man. Opening cinematic of the original Prey, where you're in the okay. Bar you know what? I was just about to say that. I, yeah, that, I, that sticks that out to me almost really more than the rest cool. of the game. Because it reminds me of Fire in the Sky, which is a 1993 or 4 alien abduction movie that scarred me forever. Had a very similar kind of thing. The boys leave the bar, and then you get abducted by aliens. Anywho, number four on my list, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Oh, yeah. Um, I really dug this game because I really did not dig Uncharted 4. Um, I thought it was way too slow, way too plodding. Uh, walking simulator is a term that gets thrown around a lot. And like, honestly, I felt that heavy with Uncharted 4. I didn't even finish it. I got bored halfway through and that was the end of it. Uh, Lost Legacy, it shook things up. Gave us kind of an open world to play with, which is sort of new for the Uncharted series, which is known for being very linear and scripted. Um, And also removed Drake and Sully as the main characters. And you got Chloe and... Oh, I don't remember the other girl's name. Anyway... Yeah. So, Shannon. Shannon? <laughs> I don't know. It was not Shannon. That is <laughs> not true. I'm just throwing out names. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot more action-packed. Um, I liked the banter between the, the two new characters, and I, I loved how well the open world kind of worked for Uncharted. You got to kind of pick where you wanted to go, and I wasn't bored. But it also had all the Uncharted kind of hallmarks, like gorgeous uh, visuals, uh, really lush, entertaining environments. 
uh, great animations and sound. Uh, yeah, really, really liked it, and it kind of got me to like Uncharted yeah. again. Amazing. It's yeah, it was a nice reboot. Uh, not. Uh, yeah, it was. And like you know, I'm not usually a fan of um, yeah. expansions that are a full. They're not quite a full game. Uh, but I, I enjoyed my time with Lost Legacy a lot more than I did with Uncharted 4, so I think that speaks uh, pretty well to the whole so. game. Yeah. Cool. Uh, number three on my list, Wolfenstein yes. 2. Yes. Um, I like I've I, you know I've said that I said this in my review. I've been playing Wolfenstein was one of the first video games I ever played. Um, it's very much burned into my brain. Uh, I thought the remake, like uh, I guess, it was the New mm. Order was yes. awesome. Um, it treaded that wonderful line between seriously dealing with like the horrors of, of Nazism and fascism and, and all this horrible stuff while also being totally bonkers and off the wall with like ancient Jewish alien technology and like giant Nazi robots. And uh, Wolfenstein 2 kind of took that and ran with it. Um, it's one of the few times that I actually enjoy a story in a video game. Normally, I'm a I skip cinematics. I just I could care I couldn't care less. Uh, but Wolfenstein Two kept me engaged kind of the whole time. Great characters, uh, lots of fun, beautiful game. And again, credit to Bethesda for making a story driven single yeah. player experience because that is so rare these days. And I get you know it's not as financially viable as making. You know, like a, an online game where you can continually have updates and loot boxes and uh, microtransactions and you keep players hooked and spending more money. Uh, so I appreciate the hell out of Bethesda for continuing to do that with like Doom and Wolfenstein. And, uh, you know, if we ever get an Elder Scrolls 6, I, mean, I we'll have to say one happens. thing. I, I agree with you there that um, in a year where there's basically the entire industry is dominated by loot boxes, weird online modes, free to play, it's good to see a company sticking with single player and actually making that a viable business. I know a lot of people have complained that they haven't got the sales they used to in previous years, but I don't know. This, the quality is there. This is putting a lot of work into their games and the quality does show through. Especially, especially oh, Wolfenstein. They did some great work on that game. I mean, as you said, the first one might be like the pinnacle, but this is a close second. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And any game where I can watch uh, a Nazi soldier chastise and humiliate two members of the KKK for not speaking German <laughs> well enough, um, that that's good enough for me. That makes me happy. Yeah. I'm waiting for it on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a good Switch game. It's a fun little single yeah. player experience you can take I on mean, the go. I mean, it's a game um, that I would want to see I in mean, the full, full 4K or full 1080p, but I can see why... Like I get, I get, I know Jordan, you're like a huge proponent of the mobility aspect of the switch. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm totally on board with you there. I just feel like, uh, something would be lost in the experience if I was playing Wolfenstein, a game like Wolfenstein on the switch, because like you need that big screen to be able to see all the tiny little details and nuances. Like even in still shots of the game, there's so much to absorb in like one tiny frame kind Mm -hmm. of thing that, this uh the, although the switch runs it well enough to play the game it just i feel like that part would take me a little bit at on a small screen i would be a little less immersed as i would have been like yeah. on. i agree and and like i don't especially now that i'm back in the mountains like i don't have time on public transportation my video game my video gaming time is when i'm like i'm at home and when I'm at home, I want to sit down on a couch with a nice big TV and loud sound and just really yeah. like sink into it. 
And uh, yeah, Wolfenstein's the type of game that like kind of doesn't require it, but like you get more out I of agree. it in in that respect. Well, that's that's my school of that's okay. Like, because I have multiple schools of thought on this. Number one, I agree, which is why I would wish that they would, unlike what they did with Doom, actually like have it output in 1080p, Jordan, like at 60f Jordan, on the dock. Isn't powerful a, enough whatever, to do like, that? Well, yeah, Zelda is Zelda. Yeah, but Zelda, yeah, Zelda's like Zelda's pretty. And Zelda yeah, did not at 60. When you look at the amount of detail in like the actual like skins on the game and and the 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 texture texture mapping and all of that, like it's so much more simplistic than Wolfenstein. Like it it runs Zelda very powerfully because Zelda is in comparison like a much simply, much more simply graphically simple graphically produced kind of game. So it. And it was built specifically for that console, yeah, whereas Wolfenstein so. was absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Alternatively, at the same time, <laughs> Wolfenstein is a, an action shooter, and I feel like an action shooter is something you can still sure. enjoy oh, on yeah. a like reduced scale on a, on a portable platform. But the key thing here is getting it on the switch to support the notion that games like this will sell on the switch because this is what keeps the the third parties invested in the switch as a platform and not just that i think like on that exact topic um as we were saying earlier like i applauded bethesda for like committing to like a full narrative single player experience if it sells more copies and makes them more money to continue making games like this i don't care where they release it if people are buying it and digging it i mean i agree with you my point of the switch is a platform that's unique as a Switch should have games built uniquely for it. I agree. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. But if you could get Wolfenstein on the Switch and it's like, okay, if you're willing to 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 accept that it's a little bit pared down, then it's like, what are you, you losing, really? don't ever have really? that, though. Whenever you have a game sold on any other platform, they have their box, it looks the exact same, you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this version because that's the system I have, not realizing you're getting a pared down experience. No one ever says that unless you're reading reviews. And you see, I, I get what you're saying, Jordan. Like, uh, having a game like this be successful on the Switch would want, like, uh, more... Would get, would want get more third parties to want to create games specifically for the Switch. However, it's kind of a double edged sword because if this is a game that would be successful on Switch, um, which uh, on its own, I I highly doubt. I mean, there'll be Switch player Switch owners who will want to buy it because this has become their new exclusive console. I get that, but like it because it, it'll kind of detract from the fact that it's not ever going to be as pretty as it was on any other console. So I don't think that a third party wants to take that as a benchmark because they would have to create something that runs a little graphically uh, lighter than a game like this to be on a switch. I think what we really need to see for what like a truly successful version of like what what you're hoping for. And I I'm with you on that. I'm totally on board. I'd like to see a lot more third parties, uh, creating games le- that are a little less Nintendo uh, sent, like Nintendo typical. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. if if we saw a th- if we saw a third party that was able to create a scaled down version of their game that didn't really detract from versions on other s- yeah. systems, but felt Switch exclusive, and then we could see more third parties say, "Hey, you know what? If this is what we can create, we'll do it this way, and we'll make it really we'll do it better than this." Yeah, that's what I'd like. I think would be the thing that would drive that 
goal. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. If that makes sense, which does. Yeah. Alrighty, well, let's move on to number two of my top five. Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. And uh, in my review for this game, I, I criticized it for kind of borrowing too many elements from others, other games. But then, uh, you know, Jordan brought up a good point when he said that uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if, if there's a mechanic we like that works well, why not include it? And what I really liked about Horizon versus another similar game from another year, The Witcher, that I didn't like as much. Because <laughs> garbage and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Um, it was all right. You we don't have to bad at that. Um, Horizon had really good and fun and tactical and like mm-hmm. diverse options for combat, mm-hmm. which made it a lot of fun for me. Uh, you could do all sorts of cool stuff, like tricking the AI into running into your traps. You know, uh, taking over some of them to lure other ones into a big attack. It was. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the story was fun. It was ridiculously good looking. Uh, to quote Zoolander. I would say between that and Lost Legacy, I'm still not sure what's the prettier game for the PS4, but uh, Horizon just looked looked fabulous. And I've always loved Guerrilla Games. Um, Killzone 2 is one of my favorite games of all time on the PS3, and I'm really glad that their first foray into a new Mm -hmm. IP uh, was so successful. I like seeing studios branch out. Instead of just making more Killzone games, because like Shadowfall sucked. I got through the first two areas and kind of just gave up. It was just kind of... I was the same. I, I yeah. played it for you know maybe six, seven hours, yeah. and I was like, eh, I don't, I'm done. I don't really, I'm not feeling this. Um, whereas Horizon, I was engaged pretty much the whole way through, uh, which is pretty rare these days. So good on Gorilla. Really liked their game. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty. It, it, it was fun. got me into liking shooters, and I like that it does uh, address a variety of different gameplay styles. Uh, it, it wasn't unapproachable to someone who's not really a shooter, you know, based game player yeah t- gamer uh so uh jpr miss jrpg over here yeah yeah so it allowed me to slash things with a sword spear thing and yeah like you said bringing a whole bunch of different elements from other games like i love being able to pick up a game and just have all the things i want to do in other games all in one little spot i don't want it every single time but yeah i'm totally with you on that it is, yeah, it's sometimes a pain in the ass, like, learning all new mechanics. Um, I remember the first time I tried to get into Civilization, I never played, like, a 4X game before. And my buddy's like, dude, you'd love this, like, super deep, very complex. And um, why I'd never played a game like that, well, I had to learn from yeah. scratch. And that's very frustrating. Um, yeah, there's something definitely to be said, Lisa, about being dropped into a game that's exactly. new, yeah. but familiar yeah, at the same price. time. On that wonderful transition segue note, uh, my number one game of the year was very familiar, uh, but that's oh. why I love it so much. It is yeah. Neo. Yes. Um, I'm a I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. Everybody knows that. Um, I absolutely love that they basically created their own kind of subgenre mm-hmm. of Souls like games. And uh, Neo took that formula through Team Ninja through a whole bunch of Ninja Gaiden. A big splash of Tenchu um, and made a game that was like brutally hard, um, very complex, deep combat mechanics that took a while to learn uh, and light on the story. You didn't even have to pay attention to it. Yeah, you just got right down to business with the whole thing. 
Yeah, and um, I uh, they gave you options, which I loved um, as a console guy of playing it at a faster frame rate but a slightly lower resolution, or the other way around. And if you've ever played games uh, like third-person combat games, you want that frame rate cranked. You want everything to be smooth, fluid, fast, tight. And I thought it was an awesome move from Team Ninja to to <laughs> give us that option for us yeah. console peasants. Good. Uh, yeah, it's a good Neo, choice. Yeah. Neo, uh, I, I really love. Awesome. I'm not good at Neo at all. Dark Souls, Bloodborne, I'm okay at. Neo, something about the different swords and different way you can kind of different stances. It is not an easy game to just jump into. Yeah, and play. it is. It is not the three stance thing. I loved. It was like it. It added a whole new depth to uh, a genre I'm I'm super familiar with. Um, and it kind of switched things up and made it a mm. lot more engaging in the fact that I had to learn this new concept while at the same time still kind of being able to bludgeon my way through the game. But as you get better and you learn the mechanics, you're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm getting this. It gives you a feel of progression, which I feel is really important that. in Have a game you had for a chance to, to now, this is This didn't make any of our lists. Um, I think it kind of fell off a lot, a few people on our team's radar. Um, but a game from Devolver Digital or that was published by Devolver Digital this year, uh, called Absolver. Have you had a chance to try that one out? Because it's got a lot of the same mechanics that you like. It's got that three multiple stances that you can learn and pick up. Um, it's a fighter, though. That's the only thing. Uh, but again, action RPG with fighting. But it's brutal. Oh, no, I didn't play oh, that. So and I love um, Devolver. Yeah, I think I, they're I, awesome. I only got a chance to play the betas. Um, I was terrible at it to the point where the developer actually took the controls out of my hand and started playing for me. So, but there's because there's a steep, steep <laughs> learning curve on this one. There's a lot of stuff to absorb as you're going along, and if you're not used to those kind of mechanics, then it. But it, I think it's it, it falls in the same kind of category. I think it's one that like I, I'm so I'm very surprised. I know it's because not any of us on this podcast had a chance to actually try this game out in its entirety but uh it's definitely like a game that should be on everybody's radar that came out this year and i think well i'll have to check it out i just i love games that kind of make me earn my way through enjoying them um i love whether it be snowboarding or skateboarding or anything i love a sense of progression where it's something like you you screw it up 50 times in a row but on the 51st time when you nail it, you're like, yes, like I get it now. And games like Neo, Dark Souls, I guess Absolver in that respect, they, they yeah. give me that feeling. Yeah. And that's really what I look for in a game. Yeah. yeah, and I do, I need to shout out two honorable mentions. Uh, Resident Evil 7 for bringing back Resident Evil to its mm-hmm. roots and being just an awesome, creepy horror game. <laughs> and Skyrim VR for trying. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't, it was not a great game. It was an ugly game. They got a long way to go with the, uh, the motion controls, especially for like sword and spells and bows. But a lot of us play big open world RPGs for the same reason we read fantasy novels and comic books. We like that escapism. You want to join another world for a while. And despite its many glaring flaws, Skyrim VR, when I first looked up and around at all the mountains, I was like... There's a lot of potential here. It's not there yet, but there's really a lot of potential that, there, and I think it was uh, awesome. Games like that there. become – like the the ports into VR, especially Skyrim, become a lot more successful than mm-hmm. I think they're going to be because that's going to really encourage um, hardware developers to kind of catch up with the way that uh, 
you know, that, that it, their hardware actually runs the programs yeah. and become more approachable for developers because like it's so they, I love how it has all this potential and yet we're still playing games where our hands kind of buckle back back way and you, you see like a yourself kind of like out, a little taken out of it when it glitches as much as it does because it's still a very new technology or not super yeah super glitchy i remember my hand just like floating away as if i'm shooting a fire spell <laughs> off to the side and you gotta kind of wiggle your arm and then it snaps back um Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that they went for it. A lot of work yeah, to go, awesome. but uh, it was it was still pretty cool. Good list. That's a solid and list. That's, yeah, yeah, that's it choices. for me. Those are my I, top I mean, five. Such, like you said it before, and I've we've said it we said it earlier. Like it's it's been such a good game year for yeah, games. Amazing year for games. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to make these lists, right? Yeah, and like I'm fairly limited to one oh, platform, yeah. and I still found well, more than enough this year to keep me occupied. Catered to platform um, is, right now. No, that's so. fair. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That well, there's being something good said, about being the majority. What can in I say? Our number two position. Uh, CGM yeah, yeah, exactly. voted Super Mario Odyssey as our number two game of the year. Again, I, I think choice. Yeah. Woo. Um, yeah. Not surprised, but surprised. Yeah, and I feel like we we did. I felt that like the way you guys talked about it, it would totally be yeah. our number. I knew it would be Breath of the Wild and Odyssey for one and two, one way or the other. Um, but I thought Odyssey would top out. I'm a little surprised, especially you, Jordan. Like you, uh, well, I you voted were a big for fan. Odyssey for number one, but uh, apparently not enough people got uh, got behind it. And, and I, you know, we 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 did talk about this uh, at length a little bit before. So we don't need to we don't need to get into much like it, you know it it really it it definitely deserves yeah. a place in the top spot um you know it's uh it's it's like just such a fantastic game and I I, I couldn't believe it even just like recently uh, I was playing it again and it's like there's so much to do and so much to find in the game and like you know it's it's something that's interesting uh, you know when you kind of bring it up the fact that like um like this year kind of was uh the year of yeah. the loot box right with like how many people were just trying to get away with like you know crappy online gimmicks and loot boxes it's amazing that you know nintendo made a game where they took the same basic principles but rather than hide it behind you know glorified gambling and you know microtransactions they just put it in the game like you are constantly being rewarded there's constantly something to find and unlock there's so much like little extras like in uh, the costumes you can buy for mario like you know Two, there's there. This is a game that literally has two forms of currency, and both of them just exist in the game, which is great. And I think the success of this game is a huge benefit to the rest of the gaming sphere, in that it showed that like you don't have to do that stuff. No, you don't. But in order to get people to love your game and buy your game and play your game, like just make it good and fun. Yeah, and (laughs) well, dare I say it, wholesome. (laughs) And you know, people will buy it's it. It's interesting and that you bring that up because it it's like Mario has been a property that's been around for decades at this point. And the fact that Nintendo was able to come up with a fresh take mm-hmm. and that didn't alienate fans, like they were able to put him in a totally different, uh, like environment uh, way of playing a Mario game and still keep him relevant, still keep him exciting, and still get fans excited about him again says speaks volumes for uh 
de- publishers and developers that want to work on mm-hmm. a franchise and reboot it or bring it back. Like it's still possible. And like, well, I think, I think part of what makes it work is it's not only like, like they, they brought him back and made him new. It's like, they they made him new while keeping him consistent you know because like like i think i can't remember if i mentioned this before but uh like like i think the the game that it that it, it like like it reminds me of the most is um isn't mario 64 which like uh you know odyssey does pay a lot of homage to but it's it's mm-hmm. mario sunshine like it's you have you know these big worlds that are like like you know just constantly need like requiring you to explore them a lot but it's it's less that you're just exploring them like mario but you have a centralized you know uh like tool to explore them with and uh and i feel like in a lot of ways like um mario sunshine was that last mario game that that kind of alienated fans and like i know a lot, i know a lot of gamers are very split on, on, on personally i mean if it, i think if, it, if not for odyssey it's probably still my like favorite 3d mario game um but it was it was because it was so different it was so like unique in its own way and uh and i feel like recent mario games have like the 3d mario games have really just been trying to uh capture what made uh mario 64 really good and then you have like the 2d marios that i feel like are, are really uh like aside from the the first couple entries which were like super new for the fact that we hadn't really seen a 2d mario in a long time um, but they've just been trying to like capitalize on old, like nostalgic Mario. And this is a time <laughs> like sunshine where it actually feels fresh and new and, but not like in a way that's really uh, disconnected from like the old, older Mario games. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no, it's totally, totally a valid point. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, Jordan, I agree with you and it pains me, but yeah. Get a switch, dude. I'm telling you, when they no, when I know I'm, I'm gonna get on it. Deep. Especially you now because go... the place I'm living, the TV's like on like the basement floor, and I'm on the top floor, and just like, oh, I want to play video games, but man, I don't want to walk all the way downstairs. If I had a dude, switch, just that would be solved. Just think about the Instagram bait of you posting a picture from the top of a mountain of you playing steep on your switch. I know it'd be nice if they would what, right? after doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you get like a million followers don't tempt me with my instagram and my social media addiction <laughs> you would get all the followers you're gonna plug your instagram when we all plug our twitters right brendan oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, can we plug instagrams i have instagram you know what i never plug our instagram but today i will make an exception we can and, all and Quinn always makes fun of me for posting stuff I- on on instagram who oh, makes do I? Yeah, you do. You're I, always teasing I, me on Instagram. Every I, every comment I get on Instagram is you like. That doesn't sound me. like the kind of thing I would do, Jordan. I feel. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> not you. False Quinn. accusations are trying to drag my character through the muck, and I won't. I won't stand for it, frankly. Well, well then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so before Jordan, family program disparaging my good name lisa what are your top five games of 2017 well i'm glad you asked thanks brendan 
All right, guys. Um, okay, so I, I have, since I'm at the bottom of the list here, uh, I picked a whole bunch of games that were not really mentioned because a lot of the games that we talked about earlier, I, I do have a real fondness for. But uh, I'm going to start with some games that I'm really sure that you guys didn't get a chance to try out this year, but are pretty awesome and they need to be on people's ra- radar. So at my number five, I have a game from a Canadian team, uh, called Sundered. Now, this is the team that did, was behind um, uh, the uh, game, their first game, which was Joan Toon. Uh, so they're a team out of Quebec called Thunder Lotus. And what John Toon had, and I think we talked a little bit about this earlier, was uh, just really gorgeous art style, really interesting gameplay. It's a very simple game, uh, but, it, but a really great narrative, uh, another female protagonist, that had to do the only thing i had a problem with john tune is that uh you were carrying like the weapons that you were using were pretty heavy and so it was a slower game i guess as a counter to that sundered again keeping in with the art style beautiful beautiful art um was a punishingly hard and fast uh platformer uh that uh gives you multiple avenues of gameplay that's a fair it's not a super long game i think you get a good 20 or so hours that seems like a long game to me i don't know yeah that's pretty good i mean i clock like over a hundred and something hours in the game that's not normal all right (laughs) but i don't know brendan what's your diablo three hour count at this point (laughs) i mean the actual 742 (laughs) it only takes you like three hours to beat the game that's true, but then you spend another 40 getting slightly better at it each time. <laughs> Same monster, slightly harder. Yeah. Well, the game itself, okay, Sunder, the game itself is not terribly long. I think you, if you were like a masterful platformer, uh, you could, and, and you just sort of blast through the game, you could probably clear it about six or something hours. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's only a few different areas that you're playing in. But the way the game mechanic works is in order to power up, you do have to intentionally die because every time you die, you go back to this one area where you're allowed to build your, your skill grid, your skill tree. Um, and you're collecting shards and things like that. You also have the option as the game goes on to either follow uh, the light side where you are not as powerful as you could be, or follow the dark side where you can be like just a brutal, like bulldozer through the entire game. And just, so it's like Knights of the old Republic. Kind of. <laughs> I don't actually remember if it's not actually no. called light side and dark side. No, it's it the corrupted and the. Pure? I don't know. It's it's it, it is a good bad mechanic. Yeah, like most ba- games and, and like prey. Prey yeah. had the same thing where you could just choose to like put alien DNA or go straight up. And there are even though it's it's not it is it does have a narrative. It does have a story. It's not intensely story driven. Like you do have to look around in the world to find to piece to get sort of story so there's so much opportunity for replay value because you can you know do certain aspects that are corrupt and it just it gives you a lot of that and on top of the fact that it's just a beautiful game uh it just it feels really tight clean crisp as you're jumping through um so if you're really into uh punishing platformers this is absolutely the game for you thanks Um, for that yeah yeah so good on good on thunder lois for releasing sundered because it was great and in my top five this year number four Mm -hmm. is another indie game called slime rancher it filled my stardew valley itch you get to now i think jordan you played this right uh slime rancher no um (gasps) I think it was Cole who was really into it. 
Jed, Jed loved it. and Jed were super into this game. Uh, they yeah. actually, it was Jed who got me on board. Um, so I, and I got a copy of the game and uh, got a chance to play it. And it's adorable. There's these cute little slimes. You have to collect them, add them to your farm, sell their poop, make money, keep going, find more. It's adorable. Um, it's just, it, it's really engaging gameplay. So if you're into that sort of like farming sim mm-hmm. slash, uh, it, it, uh, I don't know, a uh, hunter gatherer sure. <laughs> kind of genre. It's it's really adorable. It's bright. It's colorful. And uh, yeah, it, it yeah, it's, it's smooth. It runs, plays great. It's very ad- highly addictive. And uh, I can't speak more highly of it. So I highly recommend you check that out if you like games like that. And and you're not the only one. A lot of people seem to agree with you. Yeah, so. it's a great game, and it's free on Xbox for a while, I believe. Is it? It was. It was uh, last month's Games for Gold. I think it was part of that. Ah, oh, so obviously more people are picking this up and going to agree with me and Jed and Cole that it's a great game. And at number three, we talked about this earlier, but Cuphead. Uh, now, yeah, good choice. Yeah, another team out of uh, Oakville, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. They are ha- like the, just the for obvious reasons, and we already have talked about this in length. Like just the beautiful hand drawing, the fact that they had a live band doing the all the music to it. Um, the art style is that it's just a, an interesting callback to uh, just nineteen forties animation. 19- yeah. 1940s animation. What's it called? Say. Rubber hose animation. I what? think it's called. I think it's like rubber hose animation. I think it's called. Ho- no. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, there you go. Is that because everything looks all kind of fluid? Yeah, rubber hose yeah, animation. Like, Jordan, you got it, buddy. That's exactly yeah. what it's you called. You looked it up. Oh, yeah. No, I just I know things about uh, animation. Well, and there such. you go. See, that's why we have <laughs> on the show, Jordan. That so, one very focused on having no hinged wrists or elbows, so they're all kind of tubey. Hence the rubber hose. To be an artiste. Oh, well, oh yeah, that's right. Of course you are, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, beautiful art. Um, now, uh, originally, when the developers were working on this, it was a very, for obvious reasons, it was a very boss-heavy mm-hmm. uh, game, and they always had the intention of having some sort of platformers. Uh, even though at the beginning when they were showing the game, people were kind of worried because what they were showing was just boss battles. Mm-hmm. But um, now, Jordan, you, earlier you said you had a bit of a problem with the platformer levels and you felt they were tacked on. But I think like the original intention was not so that the game was focused on that sort of element, like a linking platformer to get to the boss to boss. The, the gameplay focus was the boss. And I think the, the having those platformers Yes, it catered to the game style of the people that actually wanted to play platformers, but I think it was like it was more of like a palate cleanser for all the boss battles that they that, really yeah. focused so heavily on. And uh, it just it, it received rave reviews. It won uh, best indie at the Game Awards this year, and rightly so. So that puts it in number three for me. Good um, choice. Yeah, it's and it's punishing. It's a it's a punishingly hard game. I'm not. I'm bad at that game. I'm yeah. really bad at that game. Yeah. I don't know. I beat I beat the what the first couple of bosses perfect runs. I don't see what everyone's uh, saying about it beat being so first hard. couple of bosses. Uh, not perfect, but on the game show floor, and then I took it home and I just like regressed a thousand percent. So my learning oh, no. is going to be my learning curve for 2018 is to actually beat Cuphead properly. Uh, number two uh, is I, I I'm as surprised as I could be, even though for obvious reasons i shouldn't be but it's persona 5 
Uh, I Again, just, good choice. It's it's a great game. I know it was on your list, Brendan. Um, I was not really into the Persona games. Like I played three and four for a little bit, but for something, uh, there's just something about that particular game play mechanic they they do a timed mechanic you have a certain amount of things you can accomplish in a day and that always just kind of like didn't really do it for me in uh in in an uh in a jrpg um so when persona 5 came out i was just like okay i was expecting it to be more that but it just the style the music the like the character animations it still had some problems in narrative style as there is a dating element to it there's you know you're still it's still very heteronormative and i really want the series to kind of you know it's 20 it was 2017 it's going to be 2018 like they really need to move a little bit more Mm -hmm. forward on that sort of way of thinking but aside from that it was a beautiful game i actually went back twice to play this game to get 100% on the next time and uh, just really fun and I can't believe how many hours I lost to it so yeah made number two well Brennan you don't even really like JRPGs yeah I think they did a really good job I think something about the entire flow of the game makes it easy to jump into even if you are not a JRPG fan oh yeah so. it's it's got the lowest learning curve of any oh yeah yeah because it was it had the action uh the action RPG uh, gameplay to it. Yeah. So like, uh, well, aspect to it. Cause you, you know, move around and stuff like that, but uh, well, still, it was still turn-based, still turn-based, but it was yeah. easily accessible turn-based. Yeah, yeah. Like it didn't, like you didn't have to go learn what all combinations did what. Uh, it, the team at, um, the team at Atlas did a great job and it's anyone that likes that kind of game. I think they'll really enjoy this one. Even if you don't know if you like uh, JRPG, the of fire is worth giving a try. Yeah. It's, it's converted a lot of people. And, Oh, go ahead. Cool. Oh. No, no. All right, and finally, my number one game is Near Automata. And you guys already know how I feel about this game. Yes, we do. I was super excited. I just, I I, I love it. I love the artwork. Uh, I love that it got a sequel when it seemed like all hope was lost in terms Mm of uh, another Near game. And just that is such a great feeling, though, when a game that you thought you were like the only person that liked eventually gets a remake. And well, you know what? Well. It's it's not even that. It wasn't even that. It was the fact that the team was so excited about the property that they really wanted to do something to make it happen again, regardless of what the reception was for the original game. They were so committed to the world that was created uh, by Yoko Taro uh, within the Dragon Guard uh, universe realm and uh, storyline and taking those elements and then just being able to bring it back to life. And the fact that they were able to team up with platinum games to fix, they really listened to criticism. They really worked hard to improve things that they, where they know they can improve and say, and keep the things that they knew were excellent about the first game. So I'm really hoping that this game will bring people back to the first game and get it more people more excited about that particular storyline and maybe bring the uh, Japanese version of the original near to North America. So we'll have an ap- opportunity to play that, even though it's only slightly different, but I'm with that. Oh, but it, it's never been like, it's never been, uh, what's the word? No, like see, we did the, the original near was our version of that. But it, there are some slight differences yeah. to it in story and characters. So, I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, it'd be an easier thing to do than, you know, making a sequel in between times and making another near. So maybe they could do that. That'd True. be great. Square Enix, please get on that. 
Um, and finally, I have some honorable mentions because unlike some people, I do not consider DLC games of the year. It's yes, the thing. I know, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. So I'm going to give a shout out to Final Fantasy 14 for Stormblood because uh, you know what? The the fact that they, they're in cre- in creating, like keeping the story going with like so much more content, so many more things to do. They brought so many more elements in with this, uh, in with every expansion, including this one. They added three more characters that they were, uh, that people are two more characters that they were really, people really asked for. They brought in the samurai and they brought in the red mage. Um, and they, uh, create with this expansion, they've also, uh, created a space for people who are, you know, new to the MMO genre, uh, where they could create their own guild and take them to do raids so that if, you know, don't have a lot of people Mm. that, you know, online or wait for the, even though they do have a way of waiting for people to just join you naturally, you don't have to do that anymore because especially early on when, if you're on a server where people have been playing for a really long time, you're going to have a 20 minute time. Now you don't have that anymore. So they've done a whole bunch of new things and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. The PVP just announced uh, rival wings, which was part of this. And that's uh, added completely new dimension to the gameplay uh if you want to know more about that there's going to be an article in our an upcoming edition of cg magazine the buyer's guide edition so i check that one out the team has a lot to say about it it's really cool and final shout out is to rise of the necromancer because diablo 3 uh introducing the necromancer was awesome i was playing like the witch doctor and filling that in and i was really afraid of the two being so similar that when they yeah I yeah, yeah so I when they announced same thing. and when i first played rise of the necromancer they showed us in melee mancer build yeah. and i was not really in love with it but when i finally got the whole game i was just like okay this is this is it and there there's so much difference between the two the the witch doctor and the necromancer that it was is totally like it was worth the wait and it was just a great feeling and it made I'm, me I'm play happy, again i'm so. just happy to see the team at uh, blizzard are actually putting effort into diablo 3 because they honestly could let that game die now and no one would complain I would. no no absolutely i mean they could let all their games die except for overwatch and i don't think well, anybody would complain oh i guess people yeah, people sure. yeah. yeah. yeah they're still they're, they're, they just announced mm-hmm. uh a little while at blizzcon they announced some new content and things like that that were happening as well it was like uh, the, the they're relaunching the vanilla server. That's right. So I knew that's, that, that's actually quite strong, and I love Whoa. that Blizzard really maintains properties and works hard towards you know supporting the fan base for that property as opposed to the fan base for the company. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and I gotta say too, like I don't think I've gotten more out of a DLC um, yeah. at yeah. all. I mean, like last year. Like Rise of the Necromancer, I put just as many hours into just the oh, Necromancer. Yeah. I did a couple seasons as I did with like my other two characters combined. Well, and for what was I think it, right now bucks? it's going Absolutely. for ten on most uh, online stores. So you know, yeah, great price. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it, like we were saying earlier, in in a time where um, you know, just getting a chance at a com- cosmetic exactly. item might cost it's you so ten weird. bucks. Whereas the yeah, I've got you know twenty thirty hours as a necromancer, and that was absolutely worth the money. Yeah. So props so to Blizzard for that. Hopefully, we'll see more from them this year. I'd, I'd love to see some more um, 
more i love to see more dlc content in terms yeah. of story would be great yeah um so i have more of a chance to use my like mm-hmm. what paragon level <laughs> 600 and necromancer at this point i'm joking i actually have no idea how many paragons <laughs> maybe two but we'll find out um I always forget about Paragon levels till I stop and I realize I've got like 38 I points it's I can crazy. jump into things. But yeah, so that's my list. Like it or not. Thank you. I, cool, I think good so. List, I good think list. it's a good list. It's my list after all. So it's a good list. And anyway, are you guys ready for our number one winner of the game of the year from CG Magazine? All right. You and better. In first place. Drum roll. I'm not doing drum roll. It's going to make it horrible for the listeners. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Number one is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yay! Yay! Okay, so let's be real here. I know one of us here voted for that one. I voted for that one. Did you really? Yeah, I voted for that. Did you really vote for it? It was was really close. You know, it was like by one vote between that and Mario Odyssey. I just, I'm over Mario, but I understand why you'd vote for that, and I understand why people would be over Zelda. So why did you vote for it? I liked more than Mario. (laughs) <laughs> that was my reason. <laughs> uh, no, no, honestly, I think um, Nintendo have been managing to keep the, Zelda, the Legend of Zelda franchise going by keeping it fresh, keeping it interesting, and using the platform it's on in the best possible way. And I think they managed to take the Switch platform, mm-hmm. build a game that looks stunning, looks vast, but still runs well, and utilizes the hardware in a way that makes it feel wholly unique even though i know it was released for the wii u as well let's be clear i know it was released for that platform but it was very obvious yeah. that it was at the showcase yeah. for the it story. was the showcase it is still i mean they make no pretense no about that, they don't so. this is and even in the but i mean nintendo exactly. are the kings of optimizing games for their own hardware like people don't play them for third-party exclusives they play them for their first-party games and that's because they know how to make them run perfectly on their own exactly and i think it's a testament to what the system can do but it's also a testament to the limitations nintendo knew how to build a game that did exactly what it needed to do well without pushing the hardware in ways it wouldn't work and i think they have have to be commended they did a great job and the game looks stunning yeah any complaints jordan over there well Brandon looks aren't <laughs> everything in a game, and sometimes you need to have uh, content. And Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> had both. Um, and maybe if you would, someone would have told me not to write an op-ed before I wrote a news piece. <laughs> we oh, could you, have been reading about my thoughts on the instead of an op-ed. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know who that would be, but <laughs> <laughs> well. No, because here's here my thing, and I think we touched on it a little bit before. I can't remember. Yeah, it was so well, long ago. Twenty minutes ago. Um, but anyway, go but, on. <laughs> um, the like, like my thing with uh, Zelda is that it's it was such a like uh like a phenomena, like it was such a landmark when it happened, but it's not a game that isn't incredibly flawed. Um, it's a game that is like, you know, not really, um, like an achievement in the genre. Like there have been many, like in comparison, like, like Quinn brought up like Horizon Zero Dawn 
did the same thing and did it way better like there was no excuse for uh breath of the wild to have such a piss poor uh weapon system there was no excuse for it to have such a tacked on like and not even to say that a stamina system couldn't have existed but like something that was so kind of pathetic that you really it really limits your explore your ability to explore at the start of the game and even the later you go like it doesn't really get much better um and then like as 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 much as i appreciate what nintendo was trying to do in building this this very open uh, experience of of Zelda and the way that you could sort of approach any point in the game at any point in time at in any order it also really limits what uh, mm-hmm. the game like delivers in terms of story because every story or every part of the story and every like dun- any of the main dungeons are very very uh, like bare bones, very mediocre because they have to be because no one dungeon can stand out above the rest because they have to be approachable in any sort of way. And it's it was something I even noticed in the way that they did the 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 ballad of the the hero's ballad or whatever the or the champion's ballad DLC. Like every bit of extra story, every bit of extra like content was the same it was like you know fight an enemy jump through some ri- literally jump through some rings do a thing and then this even the the little extra story that you got was the same like the, in 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 the way that they structured like the cutscene like they were all the same because of course you have to be able to get any story in any order and no story bit can feel out of place uh, Jordan, and- I, I agree with you even though i didn't play breath of the wild just um uh, the concept of what you're talking about, I find uh, a lot of open world games suffer. Yeah. I would rather, and that's why I don't like roguelikes either, man. I want something that is crafted well for a specific reason than just, here's some stuff, have fun with yeah. it. Do yeah, whatever way you random. want. Like, I want, yeah, something that is that is crafted in a specific and deliberate way, I think will be... Uh, I enjoy it more. I think it, it takes more care and more time than something uh, that you can just do whenever you want, whenever you feel like it. Yeah. And this is something like, like um, even, even just thinking about it now, even with uh, the weapon system, right? Like the way that every weapon shatters like glass after you use it for five seconds, like it doesn't allow you to have an open experience where you can play the game the way you want, because the game itself is constantly forcing you to change the weapon you want to use. So you're not really playing it your way. You're kind of playing it yeah. the way the game want, like tells you to play it. And, in that regard, that's why I feel like that um, Odyssey stands above Zelda because Odyssey was crafted with a clear vision, a clear direction. It does something totally new. It's It has a big open feel to it, but it also has a centralized mechanic that not only works within the realm of the gameplay, but it also works within the realm of the story. Like, Cappy is a character. You're, like, the whole Cap kingdom, the way that these things work, like, is... Um, like cohesive to mm-hmm. like uh the the gameplay right like so like Zelda just doesn't really have that now that being said like there really isn't any denying that it was a huge deal when it came out because Zelda was locked into such a formula yeah. after Ocarina of Time that like just just rather than you know shunt like rather than just just relying on the reliability of 
uh, and the familiarity of a formula they they did something totally different for the the franchise itself and in doing that they made something that was so like it felt like such a big deal that i completely understand like why a lot of people are putting it on the best of the year list and and don't get but, me wrong yeah, it's on my no, best of the it, year it, list it's exact i mean like we we should justify yeah. it cuz even though like i i i have like i like brendan like quinn like you were saying like i i've played open worlds that are like do it uh, and and jordan you said this too that that do elements that breath the better but as you were saying jordan it like it's i feel like the reason why this resonated so much in so many different game of the year lists is because this is a a breath of fresh air Mm. into the series that a lot of fans were really waiting for yeah also, I think I, I think I want to mention the fact that it is the no, 100% of the game. Yeah, there's a lot of open world games that just feel dense to get into. Zelda, you start, you yeah, can get absolutely. into that game and start having fun within like a minute. Yeah, and I, that's like that's something that a lot of open world yeah. games forget. No, no, it no. takes you like an hour of cutscenes, then tutorial missions, and all this and that. Well, Zelda, the minute you get into the game, you can do weird stuff and have fun. Yeah. And, I like that too, definitely. Um, I don't think you should be required to, every time, learn whole new concepts. Sometimes, especially like if you've got, you know, a partner or a brother, a sister, a friend, a mom and dad who doesn't really play video games, you hand them something like Breath of the Wild within 10 minutes, they're having fun playing it. uh, Like I said, I'm not a, I'm not, I didn't, I think I missed uh, the, this whole, the Zelda thing. Um, I was mm. busy playing other games right. at the time uh, and I never had a console. So I never picked up Zelda. So when I jumped into this, it was not like, I'm like, okay, I played open worlds. It's whatever. Um, and I, I didn't have that same thing that resonated with me, but it, I still found things that even though I wasn't a huge fan of the series mm. or as big a fan as most as people who are playing this game may have been, uh, I was able to find a way to make this game uh, work for me kind of thing so yeah that's a really good point that you bring up yeah i agree i agree i just i i you can't it's it's something that it can't help like as much as that's true and as much as like you know uh it's 100 right it's like i also i i can't help but feel like something a game that bears the the legacy of zelda like you you know it needs to uh like you you Mm -hmm. you got to demand a little bit more from it i think and that i like you know, as I can't like you, and that's what I mean. I can't deny what it does and what it does really well. But I like just for me, um, it didn't do enough with the property of Zelda. It didn't do enough, I think, right in terms of what it was trying to do. Um, because I personally don't think like even like a newcomer is is better served, uh, you know, by its weapon system and 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 uh, and the stamina system and and kind of a lackluster story from what Zelda like the stories that Zelda has told in the past. That's fair. And I gotta say, I gotta get this off my chest. I hate, 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 hate. And it started with Skyward Sword, which was the worst Zelda that has ever existed. And thank God Cody's not here to argue with me about this. <laughs> I hate that that Ganon is still a concept. 
that's the one thing that bothers me the most about Breath of the Wild is that like they 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 never refer to Ganon like he's a villain, like he's a character. He is the, the calamity. He's calamity Ganon. Sometimes he's just regular Ganon. Like he's never he's not a bad guy anymore. He is the concept. He is like a, an entity, and that drives me crazy because Ganondorf used to be the goddamn king of the Moblins, the king of evil. He was a character. Like why is Link a character? Why is Zelda a character? But Ganon is just just like some thought, some being that may or may not exist in the hearts of man. Like, F that. Make him a villain again. Okay. Um, okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> and on that, love it, cool. love it, love on it. that note. So we ended up just bashing our game of the year, but let's end positively. It was really great. I still play it to this day. Like I love it to death. I'm not gonna you're not gonna hear me like saying it's bad. It just it's flawed. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I I think uh I think we had a pretty but again, like yep. it's just some sum up guys. It was such a good year for gaming. Oh, yeah. And twenty eight yes. 2018 is looking so good. Like I'm super excited for Monster Hunter World that's coming out in console at the end of the month. We got the Lost Sphere, another game from Tokyo RPG Factory that's totally up my alley. Yeah, yeah. What else is coming up that you guys are looking? Red Dead. Red Dead. Red Dead Two. Red Dead, the, the mysterious from oh, yes. software announcement that we still don't know what <laughs> it is, but it's probably a right, Jordan. It's not going to get revival. Yeah, it's not going to. Um, I've been talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like, I'm excited for Monster Hunter because I've never ever played the game, uh, the franchise before. Um, but this one oh, yeah, has got me. It a looks like of, right up to like a lot of grinding. Yeah, a lot um, of tank learn in, in the battle system. I was playing the beta with a, I, a writer Cole, and he, I like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the series. Never played any of the other ones, and this had me like immediately. It was so great. Sorry, Brendan. What were I was going to say, say? If, if you're a Souls fan, this one has a feeling of the Souls games, the way you can move. That's what it, yeah, oh, it looked like Brendan. it. And yeah, it's just like I'm stoked oh, yeah. for <laughs> CGM Hunter's Guild. To be fair, Souls games well, are I mean, also multiplayer. You know, multi- multiplayer can be done well. Level of multiplayer? <laughs> what are you talking about? I was no, going to say, go, like, go yeah, and the, Monster Hunter together. Like, you oh, can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so some, one, of the, right? some of the bigger monsters oh, you need like, people yeah. to hunt them. Like it, it's a it is a challenge and a half to try and hunt by yourself. Yeah, and I'd be down for oh, that dude. because you, I got you know my love the monster. Only person franchise. I really play online games with to help me through it. So, and I gotta say, like that's that's the yeah, thing about exactly. Monster Hunter World was that initially, like I was a little hesitant about it because it looked too like it looked too hyper realistic. And part of what I like about Monster Hunter is that it, it really has this like kind of like tongue in cheek self awareness to it. And it, it is kind of goofy at, at a lot of times. What is elements that, that are, yeah. Have you played the beta? No, but I've the more I, I was about to say the it's more I see about this elements. I wouldn't worry. I don't. I don't feel like again. I I don't have a benchmark here, but. I don't really feel like too much of that's lost. No, you're hundred percent right. Cause I, when I saw the, the elder dragons like trailer, like just the more I see about this, it looks like it's 100% in line with every other monster hunter game. And I'm so excited for games. it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, what else? Is I'm cool? looking forward to like Kirby and Yoshi too. I mean like Nintendo's still rolling out like uh, first party Nintendo games. Yeah. 
that so we're gonna with new con with the new console capabilities that we have and new consoles in general like switch there's just uh maybe more playstation sony was very much about vr at e3 we've seen a bunch of them already so it's it's gonna be a good year and it was a project that's that square that that square enix like semi 3d uh, but like somewhat 16-bit RPG that, oh, that uh, they're putting on the yeah. Switch. That one looks neat. What the oh, demo was uh, really cool. Uh, Project Octopath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The that demo was really great. So apparently, we're going to hear stuff. Uh, possible. The rumor is we may hear stuff about that at Nintendo Direct on Friday. So uh, keep keep your ears. I mean, I'd I'd even love to. Yeah, I'd even love to see like what Nintendo rolls oh, out in, the, cool. in 2018, like on the mobile sphere, because they've been crushing it on mobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had to because they teamed up with a, a, a mobile team to do a lot of their things before Switch was announced. So yeah, but you know, that. but like, but you mm-hmm. you know how it is. Like you you could see how like Pocket Camp could have been very like a very cynical like like microtransaction machine, and it really isn't like. They're handing out leaf tickets. Like oh, I haven't game. been playing for a little bit. I can't believe I just said that, but I I, I kind of put it down I, for a bit. I haven't either, but that's because my phone broke and my like I'm back to using my S4 Mini yep. and it's not like powerful <laughs> enough to run it. Man, you guys were all. I like, like, still want to play. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Stop. So I'm gonna be playing. <laughs> but anyway, I think we'll wrap it up here because uh, yes. yeah, because I think we've we've covered up everything so uh thanks everyone Let's for listening and if you like what you hear or you want to hear more about the things we talked about please visit us at cgmagonline.com you can like and subscribe to our podcast on buttons podcast network apple itunes or any of your favorite podcast apps you can follow us on facebook at cg magazine you can follow us on instagram at cg mag online do you guys want to plug your instagrams i don't have an instagram oh i do i just don't know what it is be okay fri- be fri- probably maybe. be fry 26 yeah. like every other thing yeah. um <laughs> brendan quinn do you want to plug your uh yeah my instagram is criminal child k-r-y-m-y-n-a-l-c-h-y-l-d-e and i take some pretty awesome pictures of stuff so check cool. it out and jordan i kept mine very simple it's just jordan biordi it's just my name b-i-o-r-d-i you can Follow me at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you uh, at CG Megas, you can follow us on Twitter at CG Mega Online. I was almost got, I almost got through that, guys. I really did. Uh, B Fry, what's your Twitter? B Fry Twenty Six. Yes, we discussed previously. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, no way! Uh, Phil hey, man, consistency. Phil Brown, although he had to duck out a little bit early. Um, Jordan. That's at Ninja Jordan underscore. Brendan, you don't have one. No, no dice. Appara- don't do the tweet. Apparently, he was he was good enough for Instagram, but he wasn't good enough for Twitter. Apparently, or he's too good for Twitter. Maybe I am too good for Twitter. Everyone's Absolutely, too good for Twitter. I will say that. I think the world. Yeah. <laughs> to kick uh, some people off Twitter. Most. That's where the president tweets, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, you ever seen Donald Trump's Instagram? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Um, <laughs> you can catch previous episodes of Pixelins and Ink on YouTube. So you can like and subscribe to our channel. Also, check out some cool videos, some Let's Plays, some lots of stuff, lots of cool things happening there. And thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Vento for sponsoring our podcast. From everyone here at CG Magazine, 
have a great week.